0: Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you are about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. So he told them that the promise would be coming. And this is a time that Jesus said... As we read in also Acts chapter 1, 8, where he says you receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you, I want you to just stop for a moment. I want you to consider something, just how remarkable this is. Because when you think about the disciples and the apostles, those that was with Jesus as he ministered for three and a half years, he taught them, he slept uh, in the same, sometimes they'd be uh, for days or even weeks, uh, out ministering and preaching and they going to different cities together and he was constantly discipling them and ministering to them and teaching them and talking to them privately and in the meetings and having been seen all of these experiences for three and a half years. But yet, he said they still weren't ready yet. Think about that. And he told them that they needed to wait and go into the city, and that they would receive power. Another definition for this power is the word authority. And he said that they needed this power to be a witness for him. And today I want us to think about something. That this power that he's referring to, God is the source of it, and it is not just a power in many concepts that we have, and even the way we teach oftentimes, we look at this power as being an it. We look at the power as something that we get that we can control and have. You know, when that word comes to mind, what do you think about? Oftentimes, it's those expressions that I just used, or sometimes we might even limit the Holy Spirit's work to the regeneration of the human spirit and salvation. But the power that Jesus is referring to is the person of the Holy Spirit. But oftentimes we put a lot of cliches and various stereotypes concerning the Holy Spirit within the church today. And the primary understanding when we talk about power is the phenomena or the supernatural miracles and those type of events. Again, we limit it to an it and not a person. You know, after I was saved, I discovered that the power that is referred to in the Bible when he talks about the Holy Spirit is not in it, but in who. And the source of God's power is found in the very essence of his being. That power is not just what he does, it is who he is. And when we fail to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit, we cut ourselves off from that true source of power and end up trying to chase an ever-decreasing phenomenon. You know, I I remember years ago, it seemed like, man, the power of the Holy Spirit was just overtaking many places in the church. We've heard great revivals and supernatural events that happen at times. But what happens is, is we lose the understanding that it wasn't the power we were looking for, it was the presence that we was looking for. Because with the presence, you find the person. When you find the person, then the power shows up. But oftentimes, we, we like the power, so we chase the power instead of the person. You see, when we see this great outpouring of the Holy Spirit in these last days upon all flesh, we're going to find that we're after the person and not the power. We're not trying to find something that's going to give us power. We're going to try to find him, the person, where the power will be manifested. Knowing the Holy Spirit, talking to him, meditating upon him. These are the keys to releasing his presence and the power in our lives. You know, if I read to you today out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we'll find that the scripture in itself, when he talks about gifts, gifts, That word was translated for our benefit, to understand it's a gift. See, when we think of gift, we think of ownership like when I give you something, now you just take ownership of it and that's yours and you just kind of walk out. No, the gift is that he manifests himself through us and in us and for us. You see, the reality is, is that translation actually, we've turned that translation to say gift, but it actually means in the original translation, manifestation. Manifestation of the very person of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit wants to move in you and through you. A manifestation of the Spirit. A manifestation of the Spirit of God in you and through you. That's what it's talking about here, there. It's not talking about the power. It's talking about the person. The person comes with power. comes with manifestation of these supernatural manifestations. See, we're oftentimes trying to find a particular gift that we can produce power out of. This is what many times people in the church are chasing because they have the wrong concept. Instead of pursuing the person, the power shows up. When you yield to the person, when you pursue the person, when you worship the person, when you acknowledge the person, glory to God. You know the person will walk in and just change you, mess you up from being normal. He'll come and sit on you, and sit in you, and fill you and baptize you. That's what we—the word we immerse you. Oh, glory to God to change you and those around you as you yield and obey the very person of the Holy Spirit in the moment, in the time. You know, the Bible says that those gifts work severally as He wills. Those manifestations come as He wills. And why does He want to do that? Because we're looking to see His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're looking for His will to be done in the meetings. We're looking for His will to be done on our business, in our job, on the streets, in the grocery store, everywhere that we go. We're looking for the will of God to be done everywhere that we eat, everywhere that we, every person we touch. See, so many times believers fall into a trap of thanking him as a glorified Santa Claus who brings and contributes and just distributes gifts to everybody. We regulate him to this role and completely miss out on the relational intimacy that is available to us because we don't understand, because sometimes we are feeling like we need the power to bring us into a place of significance. Because we see things around us, but in reality, it's all about pursuing the person. We need to get to know God on earth in the person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus placed a great emphasis on the person of the Holy Spirit. He actually told his disciples it was better that he go away. In John 16, 17, uh, 7, John 16:7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. Even in his resurrected body, Jesus could only be in one place at one time. But his spirit, however, can be everywhere. This is why Jesus said his departure is to our advantage. And he wants all men and women to experience a relationship with him through the omnipresence of his Holy Spirit. And this benefit is just the tip of the iceberg for us. Jesus said in John 16, 7, he says, for if I do not go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you. Isn't that good news? The counselor. Oh, the greatest counselor of all. Jesus referred to him also as a helper, a teacher, a guide. These are all personality descriptions of who he is. There's more concerning the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that he speaks and he testifies. He prays and he's grieved. He can be insulted. He can be resisted and he can be quenched. Isn't that something? Based upon our relationship and how we honor and fear him and how we build an intimate relationship with him, these kind of things we can either receive and accept, walk with him and in him, or we can resist and push him away. But see, what does it mean? It means that the spirit is a person with a personality. He's not a cloud, a funny feeling. He is the expression of God's very own self. It is the spirit of the living God. and how are we treating? the holy spirit the question we have to ask ourselves is whether we treat the holy spirit accordingly to who he is do we know him do we talk to him as a person john 16:14 jesus said he will glorify me for he will take of mine and he will disclose it unto you he will reveal it to you he will show you he will teach you even jesus told them he says look i got to go away there's a lot of things that you can't get right now but when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. This is so important that every person, every believer learn to know how to associate and learn how to build a relationship with the very person of Christ, the very spirit of the living God, how to pursue after him. God is not afar off. He is right there at your very breath. When you invite and you receive of him and you talk with him and you treat him as such, I tell you, he longs to have a relationship with you. longs to speak to you and lead you and guide you, wants to do these things. It's so important today that we understand what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to show you a few scriptures today for your personal reading and meditation so that you can understand hearing of of people, even thousands of people in the Bible who received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Even speaking of the coming of the Holy Spirit and how important it was whenever John was asked about his baptism and in his preaching and teaching, he would always mention the one who was coming after him. Speaking of Jesus, the Messiah, Yeshua, who would baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Matthew 3, verse 11, and Luke 3.16 says this, Luke 3.16 says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Mark 1.8 also says the same. He says, I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself told his disciples just before he ascended in Acts 1, verses 5 through 8. And I'm going to read those two, 5 and 8, for you today. But he said, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And he says, When you do, verse 8 says, When you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, he says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Do you see that? Who carries the power? The Holy Spirit. He is the power source. He says, it will come upon you when he, when power will be there when he comes upon you. We need more people with him upon them. Come on, in the body of Christ today. He says, for then you will be a witness unto me. In Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the very uttermost parts and the ends of the earth. You know, on the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, beginning verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, come on, that is today, that's right now, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them diversity of tongues, divided tongues as of fire. There was a, a, a divided of tongues. That means, that means each person is speaking something that someone else is not. Isn't that something? As of fire. Come on, it was on fire. I like that. And one set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you say that with me? I want to just stop for a minute. Did you hear what I just said there? How many were filled? The Bible says all filled with the Holy Spirit. And what did they do when they were filled with the Holy Spirit? It says, and began to speak with other tongues. Who, how many began to speak with other tongues? All. And the Spirit gave them as the Spirit gave them utterance. As he began through their spirit, begin to make a sound. Jesus said in John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39, he said this. He said there's, that the Holy Spirit was going to come. He said there's coming a time. He says, but you haven't received that time yet because I've not yet been glorified. But when the Holy Spirit comes, there's going to be something that's going to come out of your belly like a river that's going to flow out of you. He says it's going to have a sound to it. That word there, that that word sound in the in, in John chapter seven verses thirty eight and thirty nine. I tell you, it's so important. He said, when that happens, when that sound starts coming out, it's going to have a sound like boiling water. It's going to come out of you on fire. It's going to come out of you, and it's going to sound like boiling water. And all of a sudden, you're going to go from one place in your walk with God to another place. It's going to come up out of your spirit, not out of your head, not out of it. come on. Your head's going to be going, uh, what meaneth this? While your spirit man's going, oh, here we go. You say, what do you mean? That's scriptural. But who do we believe? The spirit or the the mind? In whom are we serving today? What is governing you today? Your spirit or the flesh? Jesus said, as the spirit gave utterance, let me just say this, these are not the tongues of men, but I want to just show you something here and why I say that. Because it's scriptural. It's exactly what happened on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read this passage of scripture with you. I'm just going to show it to you. If you you don't read so fast through it, you'll hear it. You'll see it. The Bible says in verse 6, it says, And when this noise was brought and the multitude came together and were confounded, they were confused, because that every man heard them, Speak in his own language. You see that? What does it say there? It says, now this was noise abroad. What happened was, please leave that scripture up there. I want you to read it and and read it again. Just put it in there. Just get it in your soul for a minute while I'm talking here. Because it's so important. After this event took place, it was 120s in the upper room praising and believing and worshiping God, magnifying God. The Holy Spirit fell. Every one of them began to be filled with the Holy Spirit and with fire. They began to speak in other tongues. They come out of that upper room. They didn't keep it inside the four walls. They didn't say, well, you know what, this is for us in here, you know, because they'll think we're all mm, some kind of, uh, you know, Freaky religious people, you know, if we take this outside. No, the first thing they did is they, took, they went outside. It's kind of like some Christians, we go to church, we have a powerful experience, when we go outside, we're going to go, maybe they're going to go look for a place to eat, I don't know, and talk about what took place, you know. That's what happens a lot of times after a great event, we just want to kind of go talk about it. But if they go outside, and they're still carrying on like they were inside. I said they were still carrying on just like they did on the inside. And everybody's all confused and looking at these people like, yeah, that's right. Man, these people are a little bit loopy. Maybe they're drunk. And even Peter had to stand up and go, yo, hey, everybody. We're not drunk as you supposed. But what has happened is that we've been baptized in the Holy Spirit of God. And he began to preach to them. And over 3,000 people were born again that day. Filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Because they took it from the inside to the outside. What does the whole world need? They need Jesus. If you keep reading here in verse 6, again, I'm going to read it again. This is noise of So This is what happens. So they go outside and all these people are listening, and, and, and they begin to get confused. Why? Because every man, every one of those people that heard, heard every one of them speaking in their own language. That's what it says, because every man heard them speak in his own language. So all 120, there was Medes, there was Persians, there was people from Syria, all these different people, and they're confounded because they're like, well, they're all speaking Syrian. No, no, what? There's not one person speaking Syrian in there. They're all speaking whatever. Do you understand? That's what it says. It wasn't that God gave them a Syrian language. It doesn't say that. It says that every man heard. God caused every man to hear in his own language. Not that he gave them a foreign language to speak in a man's tongue. That's what the Bible says. Verse 7 says, And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to each other. Behold, oh, All these speak Gal- all these guys, don't they just speak Galilean, man? I mean... How do we hear every man in our own tongue? How do we hear every man in our own tongue? If it, I'll be honest with you. You can have a small group of people, and you get everybody talking at once, and you try to tell me what they're saying, and you're and speaking in your own language. You think they're speaking in tongue. Point being is, as they go on to say, In verse 12, it says, Acts chapter 2, how they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what means this? Others begin to mock, saying, man, these guys are messed up, man, they're on something. They're full of new wine. But Peter stood up and lifted up his voice, said, no, that's not what's going on here. He had to give them an understanding, and he began to teach and preach to them. And the Bible says in verse 41, verse 41 of chapter 2, it says, and they that gladly received his word, they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added to the church about 3,000 souls. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.